0: Nicole, Rhoda, Ivy, how Uh, the hell are you ladies doing on this fine Saturday? Hey
1: yo yo yo, so good to be here.
0: Wax bags and ready to go. Let's go around the room. Uh, Nicole, want to introduce yourself?
2: Hi, I'm Nicole Eichenberg. I'm a potato. Hi,
0: (laughs) Rhoda. How are you doing?
2: Hey, what's up, everyone?
1: I'm Rhoda Ramon, coming to you from Lodi, California.
0: Yes. Oh, Lord. Stuck in low die again.
3: 209.
0: Boop, boop. Ooh. And <laughs> last but
3: certainly not least, Ivy. Hi, Ivy Cordova here. I'm currently coming to you guys from Oakland, but I reside in lovely Hayward, California.
0: Nice. Hayward. <laughs> Love it. I am in uh, North Sacramento, just outside of Del Paso Heights, just outside of Arden Arcade. It's like this little area that's right next to the freeway. So everyone loves coming over because it's so easy to get here. Um, Right, Nicole. Like that. Anyone? Mm-hmm. Anytime someone comes over, like, holy shit, it was so easy to get here. So, um, I am here, and we are here to discuss the top ninety female R B albums of the nineties. So, like, we always have to like. I always got to get real specific. I'm Like, look, like, like, it's not solo. It's not. Uh, it's not only. It's not only solo. It's not only bands. It's like. If the female was the lead on the album, let's talk about it. And um, I realized that like, I straddle a fine line between like pop and R&B. So um, um, <clears throat> Nicole, was this list hard to put together?
2: Not at all. And I actually inadvertently made all girl groups as my list. And I oh. literally just realized that. But it's cool. I'm going to roll with it.
0: All right, nice. Um, Ivy, what what about you, Ivy? In the '90s, did you ever have to tell someone I should have left your ass a thousand times?
3: <laughs> ah! I, I remember that, that. That's funny now to think about it because one of the things I was talking about—that is a quote from a movie. Um, I love, dude. That's that's when all the real good music came. You know, like all the body rolls, all the things. Like even the cheating, even the songs about cheating were like. You could body roll to this. You could body roll to the side chick anthem. I was listening to Moken Steph in the car on the way here. Oh. He's mine. I was just like, he might be and you, but he's thinking about me. Buckle up, Jacob. And then he's talking, talking to my kid.
0: He's like, mama, girl.
3: Like, oh, man. we
1: will cry and body roll
2: the same time.
0: <laughs> Poor kid. Poor kid. Oh, no. was the was the best 90s r&b stuff about uh making sweet love or about breaking up what what was the best stuff about cheating mm,
1: i think yeah i mean i think like there's a recurring theme in my list where right? i think a lot of it is just about I mean, the 90s, for the most part, was such a decade of prosperity. So it was just about, like, even if you fucking cheat, I'm still going to go out and party. And even if we're in love, we're going to party. And so I feel like all of it, yeah, is good.
0: Um, the 90s you know? were definitely a great time in music. Um, just, like, where production was at that point. and And, um, like, so many of, like, the, the young stars of the 80s just became, like, these super producers. Like, we had, like, Babyface. We had, like... Dallas Austin Green, uh, we had like Jermaine Dupree, of course. Um, yeah.
3: <laughs> can, I
0: inter- can I interject? I think you combined Dallas Austin and Brian Austin Green. From I, <laughs> I, was, I,
2: I, I was wondering, I'm like, hold up.
0: I was like, I combined like the two most awesome <laughs> people.
2: No Chili like baby Jackson, daddy's I'm middle
0: there. name is Brian.
2: Dallas yeah. <laughs> <Charles> Austin. <laughs> <laughs>
0: It's going to be that
1: kind of show, you guys. I'm so excited. There's so much I want to talk about. Um, just, to, just to nerd out, just based on what you said, if you want to read a really great or sad, amazing book, you've got to read Love is a Mixtape by Rob Sheffield. He goes on to make an argument. It's not about music in the 90s, but he goes on so much to make an argument about how he truly believes that music in the 90s is the greatest generation of music and has a really good explanation why the book is sad but it's so good i would highly recommend it it's called love is a mixtape he's
0: yeah, okay. oh, a, yeah. a
1: writer like for a, rolling
0: stone magazine did rob yeah. sheffield also write uh talking to girls about duran duran was that his book
1: yeah that was his follow-up book so love is a mixtape yeah
0: yeah yeah rob sheffield it's great uh him and like anthony de curtis great rolling stone writers who also just write about uh mm-hmm. the the times that, that that this that this music was created so yeah, the the nineties were Yeah. Were great.
2: Music lovers.
0: yeah I, I worked at a record I worked at a at a warehouse records. It was kind of like kind of like Tower Records. But I I, I worked at a warehouse record from 92 to 99. And just like the music that we got, like I wasn't an R and B guy when I started working there. I wasn't a jazz guy when I started working there. And by the time I left, I was like so like I don't know. That was kind of like college for me, was that? Uh, <laughs> That time frame so yeah. all right man um let's let's jump right into it man uh we're, so what we're gonna do is we're gonna start we're gonna each we're gonna go in order we're gonna go our number five four three two one we're also gonna uh visit the facebook post and see what some of the the people were writing in and saying uh what their top fives were uh, i'm not gonna mention them if they were whack um but a couple <laughs> of people had really great lists so uh, we'll mention those lists so uh are you guys ready to go Let's do this. All right. Let's go ahead. So uh, you guys are like, cool. this This is the way it's. I'm looking at it. So I'm going at the top. Uh, we're going to start with you, Nicole. What is your number five?
2: My number five is From the Bottom Up by Brownstone. Oh, yes. Yes. Nice. And my anthem for so much, even of my adult life, is uh, If You Love Me. That song has been remixed oh, like, my- a- yes, a ton of times. Like it still holds up. It has that like angsty, unrequited love feel. It's still my anthem. I love it to death.
0: Nice, nice. Brownstone. God, I can still picture that album cover. Mm-hmm. Such a great album. All right. Nicole's number five is Brownstone from the bottom up. Um, Ivy, what is your number five? Uh, my number five has got to be TLC. Ooh, on the TLC tip.
3: Ooh. That was that was an awesome. That was probably the, one of the best albums I listened to because um I spent part of my I spent part of middle school, uh in San Diego, right. So I've grown up primarily in Bay Area, but we 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 lived in San Diego for one year for my father's job, and in middle school in San Diego, and they also have this in high school. It's a whole thing. It's something called air bands. And so air bands is basically people lip syncing and doing dance choreography routines to songs. And one of the songs that somebody did, two, two different people, two different groups of people did Hat to the Back. And that was like, girls sing like this? They rap this? They, they're singing and rapping? Like, it was really awesome. And I was... It was sixth grade. So like 11 years old. So probably that was probably like one of the first times I ever got interested in music that my parents weren't playing, you know? So that was like really the, the tape that started it all for me. And I said a tape because that's what I had.
0: Yeah. I think that's, I think you, you touched on something right there. That's so important. in like anyone's musical evolution is when you first break from your parents' music and discover something that you call your own. Exactly. Yeah. I've always said that, that, that that's what your definition of rock and roll is like. The first time that you play something yeah. that your parents are like, what is this garbage? They're like, it's mine is what it is. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. That's a
3: perfect way. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Before that, all I was
3: listening to was Huey Lewis. Like that's, yeah. that's totally, awesome. t- totally different. I was like, oh, there's rhythm. Oh shit. Okay.
0: Oh man. Well, <laughs> so that, that's TLC's debut, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I. You know what? I, I listened to it the other day. I Cause I was like, TLC like could arguably have three albums in this, you know. Um, yeah. Yeah. And uh, I, I opted to go in a different direction. Okay. TLC, ooh, on the TLC tip, Rhoda. What is at the tip of your list? Number five.
1: Okay, so I gotta I gotta do a disclaimer. My number five was so impossible for me to determine because it was between Alias two albums. And what's the 411 by Mary J. Blige. And I could not make a decision. So I had to take the poll to the gram. And the gram determined that my number five is going to be Aaliyah's One in a Million. So it came out in 1996. We talked about producers. This was uh, produced by Missy Misdemeanor Elliott. Uh, We got Timberland up in there. And I do think that this is a really good album because uh, I think her debut album, *Aging* and but a number really kind of like exploded so much of that album was fire when I was listening to it. It's a great album. I think One in a Million is so much more about her trying to find her own image. We all know what happened with R. Kelly. And so I think that it was her really trying to find herself as an artist. And she hits all the good notes we were talking about like One in a Million. In such a great track if your girl only knew four page letter so you've got all this like teen angst going on you've got falling in love for the first time going on and I think that she was just really trying to break away from like you know the side part with the hair in her eye and the glasses all the time and just really coming out and and trying to explore like her own image and her own thing. The only caveat to that is that her estate currently has all rights. And so it's almost impossible to stream it online. So I would say that's one downside that the new generation of people trying to look into Aaliyah and see who she is are at uh, a disadvantage until her estate decides to go ahead and release that music onto streaming platforms. But if you are able to find it, the album is fire. It's a beautiful record, and it's my number five.
0: Yeah, it's great. I, I was looking for it online, too, uh, the other day. Because <laughs> uh, Aaliyah is one of those artists that, like, we just, she was just taken from us way too soon. And and you hit on some really big points there. Of, like, I, I, like, last night, I couldn't help but think, well, like, wonder what Aaliyah's third and fourth album would have sounded like when she fully was in because like that first album she had probably little input like how you mm-hmm. said the second album was more of her voice but what would it have been like when she was in complete control and was able to just come with her own ideas it, it we'll never know and but well you know.
1: just in like when she died unfortunately she was a star in the ascent she was a multi-tool player she was doing like romeo must die she i think that's she, she right can they do that, that part that ultimately it went to Jada Pinkett Smith and The matrix and uh was just you know being taken too early, like so many people were, but great artists.
0: Yeah, great artist. Aaliyah, one in a million. Damn, we've already hit some really super (laughs) artists, uh, just in the start off. Okay, so my number five, man. I like I said, I used to work at a record store and um like the radio DJs would come in because like uh one of the girls I was working with was dating one of them and like They would come in and like just pick up albums and like drop off stuff to us. And uh, Mm -hmm. one day, uh, my friend Cynthia, her boyfriend came in and he was a DJ and he was like, oh, shit, I almost forgot. Does anybody want to go see Tony Braxton tonight? And I was like, are you kidding me? And he's like, oh, here, so you want to go? And he gave me two tickets and Tony Braxton was opening up for Frankie Beverly and Mays. And second row at the Universal Amphitheater. And she was, and it was like, right as a, so before I forget, Tony Braxton's debut album is my number five. And it was right when like that album had been out for maybe about five or six months. So it was like Tony Braxton still like out to prove herself. And like, like thinking about like what her mindset must've been like, like her album is starting to take off and she's doing a show in Los Angeles, California. Like, you know, she's going to bring it, you know? And, she did and I was so blown away that night. so my number five is uh Tony Braxton's. I don't know what is the debut album called? It is called um, oh it's just Tony Braxton's self-titled. Yeah so Tony Braxton's self-titled is my uh, number my number five and I love uh, set, I think seven whole nights is my favorite track on that album. Yeah, seven whole days is uh, but it's got some bangers. Another sad love song, of course. Uh, Breathe again, and uh, yeah, Tony Braxton. Nicole, oh wait, yeah, Nicole. What do you have at number four?
2: Okay, so this is kind of a weird situation. Uh, I put "Off the Hook" by Escape as my number four. I needed to have something with Candy on there because Candy mm-hmm. is such an amazing singer, such an amazing songwriter. She's written for TLC, Destiny's Child, Pink. I mean, she won Masked Singer like last year or the year before amazing, amazing artist that was an amazing album. Like it was smooth, like butter. Just love that girl to death and everything she does.
0: Mm-hmm. So it's a, it's a scape, right? escape, right? Escape? Escape. Yeah,
2: hell
1: yeah. What was the name of the album? Escape, baby. Off, off oh, the hook. I love how my name is like, everything was like, off the hook, off the chain, yeah. <laughs> you know. Something, <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, and I knew to spell it with the X. It's an X. Escape, yeah, escape, baby. escape. All right, Ivy, what do you have at number four? That's so funny that you brought up escape because mine was
3: also escape, but my album is the come and coming at you. That's Ooh. I think that was the one before it, I think that was their debut. Because you know, again, this is this is something that came out when I was in middle school, we had just come back from the year that we spent in San Diego, and everybody was talking about kick off your shoes and relax your feet. I was like, bruh. I mean, seventh grade is hard. Like, you know, I <laughs> to and relax. Do you? it was really tough. It's like there.
1: you know what they're saying, but you're not 100 percent sure you know what they're exactly. saying. Exactly. <laughs> right. I'm
3: just like, I didn't know. Like, I was just like, you know what? I think I'm going to sit down and relax and not think about homework for a change. And it was crazy because all of my older cousins, you know, they were the one, they were always the ones that were listening to this stuff while you know we were driving around in the car. They were taking us to practice and things like that. And I was just
0: like, yeah, I do want to relax
1: just kicking just yep.
0: how'd, how'd you like san diego do you were, were you were you old enough to like really really enjoy san diego or you know i think in i think in retrospect i'm like you know this is a this is an awesome place
3: to raise kids i mean i'm glad that i came back to hayward because that's where my friends were but uh for context i went to middle school in rancho penasquitos which is like north san diego Super bougie neighborhood. We lived on the poor side and I was the only Filipino kid in my class whose father was not in the military. Like I would have people coming up to me like, do you guys live on base? It was like the base of what? Like like a hill? Like is there I didn't know. I didn't know, but it was um, you know, I didn't really appreciate it much when I was there, aside from the beaches, uh, because, you know, you're sixth grade, like you're 11 years old, you don't want to get ripped away from your friends, or you're like, fuck my parents, or excuse me, but um, yeah, like it was really, <laughs> it was, you know, when I when I think about it now in retrospect, I'm just like, you know, it was a nice experience to have, because, uh, you know, we ha- it was very very like what you imagine uh middle schools to be on tv you know there's there's like actual there's actual buses that aren't just for field trips and you know there's like pop water
0: football and air bands and things that we don't have up here so it's yeah. an experience. Yeah. I, I, I love san diego and it's like if i could like just relocate to anywhere i could i think san diego is is very high on that list i, I love san diego so i'm always curious to yeah. see if, like is it just me who likes san diego i think everybody likes <laughs> San Diego. Yeah, I think I like it more as an adult than I than I did as a kid. Uh-huh. All right. Okay. Rhoda, what do you have at number four?
1: Well, I know that anybody that knows me at all knows that I've got to have a Destiny's Child album on yes! here because Beyonce mm-hmm. is my queen. So for number four, I have nine- 1999's Writings on the Wall by This was before the big drama with them kicking out two of their members and getting two more members and kicking out one of those. my uh my reflection on this album is it's very 90s i would not say that it's timeless it's uh i remember reading something from dave holmes used to host trl and was just talking about how destiny there was nothing particularly special about them when they came out because you had escape you had black you had you know uh, what was it like 702 and uh but there was always something about beyonce there was always something about their undeniable factor that she was a star and and i think that's relevant when you listen to stuff like bills 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 bugaboo the the bangers on the track are 100 bangers it's got and it's got a lot of hits on that album so you know say my name is still huge you saw what she's singing in homecoming just how i Everyone fucking exploded about it, and um, and I think that they were like on the cusp, but really, because their next album was gonna be like when it kind of all came together, and um, and so I think that's why I chose that as my number four.
0: Yeah, I think okay. I, I really do think uh, you hit, on, you touched on something there that about what Dave Holmes said that it wasn't like we kind of took Destiny Childs for granted, like because there was so much great R and B at that time, and we we're just like, oh, another great R and B act, but I think, like, what really helped us see, like, how great Destiny's Child was at their their prime, at the high, was a couple of years ago when she reunited Destiny's Child for that brief moment at Coachella. Do you remember that? I think I remember Coachella. And I also remember when she
3: reunited them at the Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah. I mean, people
1: you. That. I mean, you. You really watch. Like everyone makes fun of Michelle, but I think like she actually has had a lot of success in gospel music. But yeah. when you look at, um, like Kelly is like she's still crazy hot. She's always been talented, and I think her only thing was that she didn't have the same kind of guidance that Beyonce had. You know, it's kind of like a Justin Timberlake, JC Chazé kind of thing. <laughs> um, we're just like really talented, but always yeah, compared on her own amazing amazing talent but unfortunately she's always paired with Beyonce who is just I mean everybody knows how I feel about Beyonce she's just yeah, yeah. everything she's the one beneath my wings and so um and so you know in retrospect you see but
0: I awesome. love it it's like awesome. still a great album Destiny's, I was wondering if you were gonna throw if you were gonna sneak a Destiny's Child in there. Oh, that. everybody knew
1: I was going to. <laughs> yes. Come on. Maybe they didn't think it was gonna be at number four. They probably thought I was gonna do it at number one, but right. Like everybody knew.
3: I made that assumption
0: myself. Yeah. <laughs> Please. Um, <laughs> okay, my my number four is um, it it it, it kind of crept into it crept into my top five uh, probably just yesterday when I was like. Really looking at stuff and like trying to find something. I'm always like, oh, and like when, when I when I think of these topics, I think in my in my brain, I think I know what I want, but then I start uh, actually something that I'm really bad at is like listening to what other people have to say. And so I started like <laughs> I started seeing like what's popping up on other lists, and something kept popping up, and I was like, let me go see if everybody could be right, and maybe I just wasn't paying attention. And uh, dude. The Waiting to Exhale soundtrack is fucking phenomenal, and I wanted to find a way to sneak some Whitney Houston on here. Um, I definitely wanted the Bodyguard soundtrack to only have Whitney Houston songs. Yeah,
2: It's
0: it's got a couple of songs, like it's got a fucking Kenny G song and like a Curtis Steigers and a Michael Bolton, (laughs) maybe. I'm like, what the fuck? Who did this? Like, why didn't they just make it an all Whitney Houston soundtrack? And but this waiting to exhale soundtrack, fucking everyone is on it. Um, yeah. Brandy. Yeah. Uh
1: Mary J.
3: Uh
1: you had Patty LaBelle. Uh you have play on
3: here or duets and stuff like that well, like
1: that we, we, everyone was, everyone was talking about how they' they deviate away from like and i have to say i I don't have teen parents but I had young parents and so yeah. they were into this so they were rocking this soundtrack all day yeah because yeah. we're talking about like in the 90s they were in their early 30s yeah and so you know this was their music this was their jam so we were rocking that all the time
3: I've been like and you know I was really i was I think probably in middle school or early high school, when like Waiting to Exhale came out. Uh, So I was all about the soundtrack. And as I got older, the context of the actual movie made sense. So one of the things that me and my mom routinely yell in the house just for no reason is, get your shit, get your shit, and get out. And then sometimes when me and my friends are trying to eat healthy, like we have a group text that the title of the group text is, have a fruit bowl, (laughs) tramp. That's what we text every time we're trying to keep each other accountable for eating healthy and that's how you know how old we are because that's a waiting to excel reference right but I that,
2: really recently,
1: that yeah i just recently went back and watched the movie a couple weeks ago actually and trying to prepare for this podcast and just looking at it like dang it was Fuck Boys back in the 90s <laughs>
0: i know that's right um i got i gotta i gotta point this out i'm looking at the the information on wiki Babyface is credited as the writer for every one of the songs on this soundtrack. Yeah, uh, wow, it's yeah, Babyface real. was the shit, still yeah. is Babyface. Mm. Uh, all right, so Waiting to Excel is my number four. Uh, Nicole, what do you have at number three?
2: It wouldn't be a list of '90s R&B females without a little SWV. S- uh-huh. yeah. yes yes s, s- double s- USB anyway so i picked it's about time which has right here on it that song is perfect for like today's weather driving with the cars down just chilling a uh, week is on there too it's an amazing ballad it's oh my god yes i love those vocals such a great song. yes i love them i love that album
0: yeah that's such a great album and swb like as much as like um uh, Warren G and Nate Dogg get credit for making the uh, Above the Rim soundtrack great. I mean, that SWV track on the on the on the Above the Rim soundtrack was also what part of what made that such a great soundtrack. So um, I think '90s uh, R&B soundtracks are something that should also be visited uh, in the future. Just throwing that out there. Um, okay, SWV Ivy, what do you have at number three? Dude, number three. Uh, this was really hard because
3: Janet Jackson is my queen of a lot of things. I mean, hello. No, my first name ain't baby. <laughs> um but I had to pick one, and so the one that I landed on was Janet, the title, mm-hmm. um the, the album title Janet because um you know, again, this is something that I was like late probably late middle school, early high school, and um aside from any time any place which I had no business slow dancing to in 8th grade. <laughs> um, <laughs> Like, you want this? That was an awesome video about, you know, just getting with your girlfriends and going to the desert and dancing circles around dudes and fucking just leaving them. That's that's everything that I've aspired to be as an adult. <laughs> like, I just, But it's a, just a great song. Like, it was probably like, I mean, Rhythm Nation was really like socially conscious, especially for that time. Yeah. Um, you know, but I was, I think, a little young to understand a lot of that in context. And so the Janet album in comparison just felt fun, you know? And this is probably like around the same time where, uh, she had that Rolling Stone, you know, or somebody holding her boobs or what? I think it was. I'm thinking, that's so scandalous! Oh my god! Um, but it was, yeah, one of my favorite albums, hands down.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I visited the Janet catalog, but it was just so overwhelming when I tried to pick mm-hmm. just one. Right. <laughs> um, I couldn't do it. I, I backed out. I couldn't even. I couldn't even fuck with it. Um, I backed out. Uh, you 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 are you're tougher than I am because I couldn't. I didn't, <laughs> I couldn't settle uh, like we didn't know that already i yeah, couldn't and, Jim, settle. and then jimmy jam and terry lewis like come on yeah. man the that's what I, I was trying to remember that's when you a dream team Brian austin green comment that's what i was trying to remember jimmy <laughs> jam and terry lewis yeah those guys could do no wrong um where are we at uh rhoda number three
1: okay so for number three i gotta just slip this in here real quick like that <laughs> so you all know where i'm coming from <laughs> I chose for my number three spot, 1994's Crazy, Sexy, Cool by TLC. Yes. Um, <laughs> Creep, Digging on You, Red Light Special, and of course, the big jam, Bring Down the House, their signature song, Waterfalls. Mm-hmm. Um, this is their second album i really think you know what Avi was talking about um, and her number five pick i think that at that point in their album they were these young crazy kids that wanted to talk about like safe sex and and just having fun and partying right I think that crazy sexy cool was so much about like you know I think the reoccurring theme with my list is when artists hit that stride and find out who they are and really think about like who they are as images and that kind of just sets them over the over the edge um i think it's in terms of girl groups i think that they're the perfect blend of like their personalities are fired together their voices are fired together they had all of these elements and it it was really hard to pick which one you thought was the most talented and unlike destiny's child there was no person where you're like that's the yeah. star that you know because they all were these like really dynamic powerful females and um and I think like stylistically all their videos were amazing um and you know we all know the drama that came behind that left I burnt her boyfriend's house down they went bankrupt pebbles fucked him over etc and so I think and and going back and listening I do see like how much influence I see now on a lot of the female artists that I really like with that album, you know, uh, you have Beyonce's, uh, if I was your girlfriend, you know, that references to that album are in there all the time. And, um, and, and going back and really listening to the album, I realized that from start to finish, it's just fire.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, the TLC on the crazy, uh, crazy, sexy, cool, was one of those albums where like, when I worked at the record store, like there was like, there was like the rocker guy. There was like, there was like the the, the metal girl. There was like the, the pop person. There was like the jazz person. Uh, but like Crazy Sexy Cool was one of the records that like everybody agreed on. They're like, oh, we're, let's play that. Let's play. All right, yeah, let's play that. You know, yeah. and it was just such a it was just such a fun way to spend uh, fifty three minutes uh, listening to that record. I, I love it. Starts off is it Fife at the very beginning doing like the little rap intro. Um, yeah, I think so. i'm done mm-hmm. from In Vogue. Yes, I mean, mm-hmm. it's such a great record. Um, I, I, yeah, I, I can't think. Of, yeah, that's crazy because uh, I'm uh, my number three is also uh TLC, Crazy, Sexy, Cool. <laughs> 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 we have the same number three, Rhoda. Um, All right. So, um, and I think when also what I was thinking right now is like how you were saying that like together they were better than the the, the like together like the, the sum of their parts are greater are greater right mm-hmm. because unlike with destiny's child where like one of them broke out like even like afterwards like the, no, neither one of them like i don't know if they attempted a solo career or but the, there wasn't ever like neither one none of them like had success like individually like it was just them as a group and that was it you know
2: yeah.
0: um and then, of course, you know, again, tragedy again, sh- uh, striking. And um,
1: well, I even think now, like, because I think t Boss and, and um, Chili have really tried to stay together. But even now, it's just kind of like, it's not the same without Left Eye. Yeah. And I feel like if any of that had happened to any one of them, it would have been like, awesome, oh, same without t the same without, the same without Chili kind of thing.
0: Yeah. Okay. TLC, crazy, sexy, cool. Um, wow. We're at number twos already. cool mm-hmm. Cole. What is your number two?
2: Okay, so don't laugh, but my number two is crazy sexy cool. <laughs> <laughs> Cause that album, I mean, it's like the CGI in the waterfalls video was so ahead of its time. That song was so socially conscious. Like, I mean, that really was, like you guys said, one of my like rock and roll albums. Like, wow, it's like these chicks are really cool. It's like they're talking about things that actually matter. They're real people. Mm. And I think had left eye not died so tragically young i think they could have made a very successful comeback and done amazing things even up to this day
0: yeah agreed agreed. yeah ivy what do
3: you have a number two okay 92 i'm gonna go back a couple of years and talk about mariah carey's uh self-titled debut album uh mariah carey I mean, this is probably the first time that, you know, you know, again, like riding in the car, going to like lessons and various things when you're a kid, you know, you're, you're expo- I, like for me, I was exposed to like Huey Lewis, like the Old Station, KFRC, whatnot. When this album came out, dude, every last one of it, this is probably the first time that me and my cousins, like we still do this now. We were, we would be singing in the car to all the songs, you know, and, you know, including trying to hit that high note, which of course mm-hmm. none of us can do because that is whistle register. And- uh, but, but I remember like being I think this is 1990 so I was probably like nine <laughs> like maybe nine or ten like um, you know belting out love takes time I don't want to <laughs> cry and I'm just like I wonder if it's ever possible to feel this way in real life which of <laughs> course you know you find out as an adult but not when you're fucking nine years old right so uh, but that's I love Mariah just in general like even through her crazy taking off her clothes and giving up ice cream during uh T- TRL you know I love Mariah no matter what you know, I'm one of her lambs for sure. But this is the album for me that started all like my whole like '90s like love ballads kind of thing.
0: I freaking love so like with <laughs> all my music, it's like like female like there's Madonna and then just underneath Madonna there's Mariah Carey. Mm-hmm. And uh, my niece makes fun of me because like we go we go on road trips. We go on road trips. And of course, I'm in charge of the music, and. uh vision of love slips into every playlist i make and she like laughs like i try not to make eye contact with her when it comes on (laughs) but uh so mariah recently reissued all of her uh catalog on vinyl and i was fucking checking the tracking every fucking day like i could not i could not wait hold on i gotta i gotta show them i got i got to now you have to you kind of just
3: have to now yeah I see Prince looking at me like, Hey, <laughs> I'm nosy. Like I always like, that's the first thing I do. Whenever I go to somebody's house is I look at what pictures they have up in their living room.
1: Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: Whether it's family or <laughs> Prince. Oh, you you'd bug out in this living room. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh my goodness.
2: My eyes. Yeah. There- oh, duh. <laughs> <laughs> like yeah, backwards. <laughs>
3: There it is! Ah, oh, yes,
0: that's my girl. Look at that on colored vinyl. Oh, it's so good. But check this one out. Was that expensive? That's crazy. no, it's not. That's good. That's good. No, it's not. No, no, I'm cheap. I'm frugal. Frugal.
3: That's I'm a better frugal. way of putting it.
0: And then this one. Oh MTV
3: unplugged. They gotta bring that back. Well, check you this know. out. there is nothing like the acoustic
0: versions of songs. Oh. <gasps>
3: Oh
0: man, that's beautiful. Oh, I to get on that. I, I like to think she's smiling at me right there. She's like, <laughs> she can't be. She
1: can't like, be. Who's here. that guy in the
0: front row, fucking singing every single word mm-hmm. louder than me? Um, yeah.
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> and, and the reason I didn't put Mariah on my list is like I kind of thought it was just me being selfish and wanting to include all my friends in the list. So, uh, I was like, all right, I'm gonna back up, I'm gonna back up because I'll eventually do a podcast only about Mariah, and I already know who one of my guests will be. Ivy, you will be with me. Um, Mariah Carey, self titled, thank you so much of for course. giving a chance to talk about Mariah. <laughs> yeah, and then remember like how great the unplugged was when it came out with the. Um, oh. Fucking. i always
1: think of like mariah carey and nirvana are the two unplugs yes. that i think are like you the ones that it. i think of the most bring Yeah, back.
0: definitely and i, I think I that's mean. a Rhoda. i kind of want to do a top five mtv unplugs
1: oh um, <gasps> nice
0: yeah <laughs> well, you already know the first two <laughs> yeah all right um Rhoda, what is your number two? Okay,
1: well, I got to keep the Mariah Carey train rolling because I wrote a whole thing about it. So mm-hmm. we're going to keep talking about MC. You have Self Titled in 90, 91 you have Emotions, 92 Unplug, 93 you've got Music Box, 94 you've got her Christmas album, 95 you got Daydream, 97 you've got Butterfly, 98 you've got Her Number Ones and 99 you've got Rainbow. So you're talking about one of the most prolific artists of all time. She is the best female artist of all time. She is the best-selling solo artist of all time and the second best selling artist of all time, second only to the Beatles, she has the most number ones only second to the Beatles, and she still has the opportunity to surpass that goal. And so there was no way that I could leave MC off this list. like I said, I have young parents. The self-titled album and emotions from '91 were always on our airwaves. We we're always playing those. But for me, I could have been a fuck boy and just said '1998's number one <laughs> album.' But what I decided to do was I went with 1997's Honey, or Butterfly. Yes! That is mm-hmm. such a fucking... We're talking so much in my list about the evolution of an artist. And especially after reading her memoir, you realize that Butterfly is the album that means so much as you're talking about Butterfly. Because she likes, you know, she's always choosing, like, really cheesy t- title album, arm bracelet, and stuff yeah. like that. But I think... Butterfly is kind of her symbol, but it's also so much about like her coming out of her cocoon because you realize that her image and her music choices were so heavily controlled by Tommy Matolo when they were married. And when you read her book, you realize that there's just how unhappy she was. And so I think that in 97, when she came out with that album, it was about her embracing her sexuality, her having control over her life and her image again. You know, I think of that video where she looks like a Bond girl in the nude swimsuit and the honey video and she's dancing around semen, which oddly enough, just was a realization to me a couple of weeks ago. I didn't know the context of that song. Uh, I was a little sheltered growing up and so it blew my mind. So, I mean, I learned so much from this particular podcast. And what I will say is going on since like I have s- people I think sometimes write off Mariah because she's had mental health issues mm-hmm. and I think that you have to really look at her in the context of even the 90s but she goes on she was you know selling huge records in the 2000s as well but if you really just look at her discography and you realize that she was kind of the golden age of these like pop divas she was standing on her own with Whitney with Tony Braxton you know and so the way that we think of like Adele being this powerhouse pop house. Adele is successful, but you also have to realize that Adele is successful in just like a room full of maybe like one Adele. Whereas yeah. like Mariah Carey was such a huge pop star in a room full of other huge pop stars. And so I had to give tremendous respect to her as an artist. And, um, and, and in addition to that, I think 97, I was about 12 and my older cousin who I like worshiped was just playing this album on loop. She's a huge Mariah Carey fan. And so I think a lot of times when I think about this album, I think about the summer that we spent together and just how much fun we had. And it's got great tracks. Aside from any, you've got Breakdown that she does with bone thugs and harmony which is a smash oh yeah Um, covers prince's beautiful ones um and so it was very very hard for me to pick just one album but i think butterfly is the one that i went with for my number two that's it hit all the right notes for me
0: wow first of all rhoda thank you for the soundbite you provided for this podcast to promote it (laughs) and uh and i think i you know wrote it you, you hit on something that like let's just talk about it really quick being that uh we're recording this album during or we're recording this podcast during uh may and it's mental health awareness month and like we really should be and like you said that kind of she kind of gets dismissed but we really should celebrate artists like uh britney spears and mariah carey who like it's it's like been very well documented like the, the stuff that they've gone through and just persevered through. And I always think of that. It's not R&B, but I always think of the Depeche Mode song, uh, walking in my shoes. Like you'd stumble in my footsteps if you tried to like live this kind of life. And and they, they stumbled and we watched them stumble, but they also get back up and, and they keep going and they, they really mean a lot to people who, who have had those same struggles. So thanks for bringing that up. I think it's really yeah, important. Yeah, for
1: sure.
0: For sure. Awesome. Okay. So, Oh, We got my number two. I almost like went into our next little segment here. So my number two, uh, I listened to this last night and Mm -hmm. I almost started sending text messages like, hey, what you doing? (laughs) 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 Like somebody get here. Um, Mm -hmm. um, uh, Sade's Love Deluxe. (gasps) Yes. That
1: was on my short list. That Mm -hmm. was really hard to remove
0: sade's love deluxe is like i was like okay maybe this is the first song that's really good oh no the second song goddamn the third song the whole (laughs) album is so good and it is a complete like i said it is a mood i was like i don't man let me i was like let me see when was the last time I it was it was bad you guys it was bad and uh but it was good um and then, like, nobody knows, and I almost took a picture of it last night, but of, uh, um, I was at an open mic last night at Vince's in West Sacramento and in the men's bathroom, they have a love deluxe poster. What?
2: It's
0: always so random when I walk out, I'm, why is that here? And, and last night I actually moved it. Cause like, every time I see it, like the Mexican in me is like, I'm going to fucking steal that. Like, um, <laughs> And last night I did the test to say, and it's not mounted well. It's not, it's not mounted really well. Um, but it's way in the back. Like if there's like, I'm looking to see if there's like a side exit, um, but you definitely, you'd have to walk through the bar with it. Um, so if like you maybe, wait
1: late enough at Vince's, you might be able to pull it off. You well, just gotta I'm wait. See
0: if, like, like if there's a, like if oh. a flight breaks out, I think that would be the time. The opportunity. Is any good criminal that, that you need a diversion in order to pull off yeah you know um ivan mean, knows exactly what's left she's she like i'll go start a fight for you motherfucker." <laughs> i grew up in hayward what do you want yeah, yeah. no exactly well you're alive right like, um, i made it shade's <laughs> <laughs> love deluxe is uh my okay. number two so now and can we uh, just
1: talk for a quick second yeah, how, like want,
0: fucking as much like, as you want go for beautiful it beautiful
1: shade is and mm. just how like Whenever I watch videos of her on YouTube and stuff, I'm always just like, you know, she's just so. I mean, even today, she's just like stunningly gorgeous. Um, and that voice, I'm, goddamn,
0: it's so smooth, right? Um, mm-hmm. And some and some more Sade news, uh, Rhoda. You um, you might know that she just put out a box set of like, uh, it's called like Sade, uh Complete Works or so far, right? But here's the cool thing that everyone found out like when they're like I was watching all these unboxing videos uh, because that's my life. I watch like I watch old white guys unbox uh, records (laughs) Uh, and uh, the Sade unboxing video. The guy pointed out that it's got all six of her studio albums and it's just like in this perfect little box that fits right. But he pointed out, he's like, look, you guys, there was a foam mat like that like a spacer that left room for another record and like it's got a question mark on it so oh, oh shit. it's like there's there's room in there to put one more record so um uh, it obviously she's gonna have something soon because why would why would she go through the trouble of doing that that part uh, to, to foreshadow it so yeah sade i got i got on a shot kick last night I watched uh, a bunch of interviews and um yeah she's awesome okay now I'm going to go to, uh, uh, Facebook and I'm going to read. So I always like to post on there to uh, see, uh, kind of, well, really to like, hopefully like help me compile my list. Cause sometimes I'm like at a blank Yeah. and, uh, I'll put it out to Facebook and I'll see. So here's some, of here's uh, some people's list. Some you guys know some of these people, um, Jessica Roberts, uh, her number five. So going from five to one, Jessica Roberts says, uh, What's the 411 Mary J. Blige? Uh, number four, who is Jill Scott? Uh, words Ooh, and sounds right. Uh, number three, miseducation of Lauren Hill. Number two, Love Deluxe, Sade. Uh, number one, Erica Badu, Baduism. Oh. God, yes.
1: Baduism is definitely on my short list too. That yeah. yeah
0: Erica well, Badu is. Uh, Robert Berry um, couldn't follow directions, so we're not gonna <laughs> um, my friend Marcy Rojas tried to say only Lauren Hill, but I forced her to give a couple more, and she said, <laughs> okay,
1: uh, "I'm bit, I'm almost wondering if everyone's gonna have the same number one, to be honest." Um,
0: yeah, it's, it's almost happened once. Uh, so Marcy says, uh, "Brandy, Aaliyah, One in a Million, Erica Badu, Baduism Live, uh, Mary J. Blige, and let's see." Um, Stephanie Chapman Darrow, one of my favorite. Uh, she just posts stuff. I don't know what she does, but she has these hilarious posts all the time. Uh, she says the uh, <clears throat> no particular order. Waiting to exhale soundtrack, TLC's Crazy Sexy Cool, Mariah Carey Daydream, Janet Jackson Janet, and Tony Braxton's self-titled. So what? Um, Well, we'll stay with you, Rhoda. What are some of your also-rans or some of your honorable mentions, albums that you just, they didn't make your top five, but you want to say a sentence or two about them?
1: Albums that were on my short list. um, I feel like you can't get through 90s R&B stars without mentioning Brandy and Monica. Miss Thing uh, by Monica was such a fucking jam. Um, Brandy had two albums that were really hard to remove from my list. They were Never Say Never, as well as I think it's just her self-titled album because those were teenagers at the time when I was a teenager. So they were singing about a lot of stuff that I found relevant to my life. And then of course, you couldn't go anywhere without hearing the boy is mine. That um, <laughs> is to this day oh, on tons yeah. of tons of my like playlists. It's always there. Everybody knows it. You have to pick whether you're Monica or Brandy. Um, and and I think you know in talking about like forgotten timelines, I think a lot of people sleep on Brandy a little bit because you realize that she had one of the biggest albums Um, at a time she did a couple movies one of them with Diana Ross Um, she had Moesha I loved Moesha I fucking loved that show Um, so those were uh, Mary J Blige is like what's the 411 real love is such an amazing song I'm going down Mm -hmm. the cover she does of that Rose Royce album is Mm -hmm. amazing Rose Royce song is amazing but I feel like if it was uh, was it Family Affair where to no more drama I feel like that was like her diamond but that came out in the early 2000s um, uh, I you know I always loved Janet Jackson but as far as artists I really tried to stick with the artists that really resonated to me and had a story behind each album to me um, and so those were definitely my honorable mentions
0: awesome uh, Nicole, what are your, some of your honorable mentions?
2: One uh, I'm gonna throw in there. Speaking of the boy, is mine uh, is Monica's debut album because she really does have an amazing voice, and people kind yeah. of forget about her sometimes too. Uh, another one I am gonna throw in there is Faith Evans. She did <sighs> some really amazing oh, yeah. work. Yes. Yeah, yeah, just her voice is still amazing. Like she did work with Whitney Houston on one of Whitney's final albums amazing amazing stuff that kind of gets lost as there were so many great r&b artists at the time
0: all right ivy do you have some also rents? i do i have okay so i have
3: two right i have en vogue funky divas oh, because that was um, like, again more female empowerment like free your mind like that was crazy for me to hear like that doesn't mean that i'm a prostitute like hearing that in sixth grade i was like, was like "I'm a- allowed to be angry like that i love that neither yeah. am i oh my god <laughs> they're speaking to me and just you know like that like just their whole like you know bad bitch persona and also them being on they had a cameo okay i don't know if i'm aging myself I'm, i feel like i'm the oldest person in this room so um i'm gonna be 40 on sa- next saturday so that's my demographic okay. right and so do you guys remember that show in living color Yeah, Yeah, of course. And Vogue had a cameo in um, that skit, Wanda. Remember, like, uh, Wanda, what what Jamie Foxx was before he became Jamie Foxx, right? So, like, (laughs) and I remember in that skit, like, and Vogue, they played themselves and Wanda played the person that they kicked out of En Vogue. And they had a whole thing about that. And they were like, never gonna get it, never gonna get it, never gonna get it. <laughs> and, and then one of them goes, oh, <laughs> God, me and my sister. Oh, that. world. Right? That floated, dude. Like, me and my sister, we quoted that to each other. Sorry, watery eyes, like for years. Mm-hmm. And the other one that didn't quite make the list because uh, I think she only, I think she was on the tail end of the 90s was Kelly Price. Oh, yeah, she's good one. Yeah, like, a lot of the stuff that I listened to was probably just, like, uh, barely on this side of 1999, because I remember uh, listening to that song, As We Lay, which is, like, the ultimate, like, side chick hot slut anthem, you know, after He's Mine. Uh, but because she, I think she only had one album that was, like, in the straight-up 90s. It was, like, her debut album was in 1998, and then all the other stuff was sort of after that, which is why she didn't quite make that list. But, you know, Kelly Price did get her start in the 90s. Like, she's fantastic, underrated.
0: Yeah. My um, I think I have three also rounds. One is like when I first started of this list. Um, I was hoping that this album came out in 1990. And uh, I didn't want to check I didn't want to check it so I started compiling my list. I realized it, it did not come out in 1990 it came out in 1988. And that oh. is a uh, Karen White's uh self-titled album. It's got like Superwoman. I'm I love not that a superwoman.
2: I'm,
1: I'm not
0: that, that kind of <laughs> think that everything's okay. <laughs> yes. Um Jesse, getting- I had to. Um I love that record. It's so good from, from from top to bottom. It's such a great record. Um, it's like some, it's got some, like some. It's got like some early New Jacks. It's got like an early New Jack swing vibe to it. Um, very, very similar to uh, TLC's debut album, um, which I, I kind of felt like TLC's debut was more New Jack than r But I was like, if, if all three of the TLC albums end up on this list, I was fine with it. Um, I also had, uh, just because like I fucking love Whitney Houston so much, um, her Your Love album, is it called Your Love? but it's the album that starts off with this is the heartbreak. Heartbreak. That is my number one. I'll talk about that later. Oh Oh, my God. (laughs) You'd be home. No, my God. I love that record, but like it's like it's it's good like three-fourths of the way through and then like I'm like, that's one of those records where I'm like, you could have chopped three songs off this record and it would be a banger all the way through, which is something that was very problematic in the 90s well like once they went from album to cd and they went from like 55 minutes to 72 minutes like mm-hmm. they felt that they absolutely had to fill up all that time and like i don't think it's necessary It's like Fleetwood mac mm-hmm. rumors fucking 53 minutes like pink floyd that was, uh, mm-hmm. go for it That's my,
1: just that was actually a note that i made lots of filler
0: yeah yeah like, the skits, right yeah. um the skits weren't like sometimes when i go back and i listen to these records i'm like especially like when i listen to them like on itunes i'm like fuck i wish i could cut out this two minute skit Um, unless it's the mad rapper or the mad producer those guys are (laughs) right Um,
1: Um, i don't want to listen to the two minute intro to going back to kelly by a biggie i just want to listen to going back to kelly
0: exactly Mm -hmm. um And uh, another one that I wanted to put on the list, but just the same way as Mariah, I was like, am I doing this just because I'm such a big fan? But Babyface is all over uh, Madonna's Bedtime Stories album. And that album is so smooth from beginning to end. Um, So I I wanted to put uh, Mariah, uh, excuse me, Madonna's Bedtime Stories on the list, but I I didn't just because like, I would not shut up about Madonna if I did and
1: um do you feel like that was kind of the album where people had to stop referring to her as like a one hit wonder or like that that she was not that her appeal was not lasting do you feel like that's the album that kind of shut up those haters
0: that's the album that, that like i i go back to like i i have like so much of her stuff but like that's the album and you're right it's it's like it's got pop it's got it's got everything on it but i think like, without Babyface, I don't think she'd be able to have, to have delivered that album.
1: Is that, the, is that the one that has Take a Bow on it? Yes. I always, I fucking love that song, but I also remember, like, the video where, the 90s is also huge. Like, I feel like we should also, we have to consider the music videos, since we had talked about mm-hmm. Waterfalls and the Honey video, but I feel like I really love that video because like i was always remember the bull bullfighter and, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah that it was a really pretty video yeah yeah
0: uh, but baby faces background vocals on take about yeah, yeah.
1: Man.
0: That,
1: that is a great choice yeah yeah.
0: okay all right are we ready to um reveal our number ones
1: yeah. yes yeah I'm pretty sure nicole and i have the same one yeah
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, Nicole, what do you have at number one?
2: Okay, I'm going to be a bit long-winded with this because it is my love letter to Lauren Hill. (laughs) I think the the first time I ever saw her was in Sister Act 2, and first of all, that's another great soundtrack album, a lot of great talent on that, so many amazing voices, Lauren singing His Eyes on the Sparrow almost acapella is a beautiful beautiful thing mm-hmm. she did great work with the fugees the score is an amazing awesome album her cover of roberta flack is awesome we all know which song i'm talking about killing you softly and then the miseducation of lauren hill had so many amazing iconic songs on it the video for x factor i could have picked this album just for x factor alone the video is just like her chilling and singing and it's still an amazing video it's just a lot of talent and her just being herself. I mean, there was doo-wop in there. There was everything is everything. Can't take my eyes off of you. It's almost like a little bit of like a throwback and I just love her voice. I love that album so much.
0: Yeah, it's a great album. Um, I doubt we're done talking about it. Uh, does anyone want to add anything to that? Or are you waiting? <laughs> okay. Uh, uh, Ivy, what do you have at number one? So number one was really hard because, you know, like
3: I said, I was very close to making Whitney's uh, My Love Is Your Love my number one just because of It's Not Right But It's Okay, which is another Slutbag Ho anthem, which I love, by the way. Um, I could do a whole thing about those songs alone, like sidekick anthems. Not that it's something that my real life in, like involves, but it's just like the fact that I'm right. you know, an adult now and I grew up on all those Ho anthems. I'm just like, oh, I get it right but no like because um there was such a like like you said jesse there were only so many good songs on that album uh i have to bring up another janet album which is the velvet rope um oh, that was such yeah, yeah, like i so to me that was an album it, i mean i think i was a junior maybe junior in sophomore junior in high school when this came out and so listening to like free zone um, there's other songs like got till it's gone together again, which is, you know, talks about like death and things of that nature. I get lonely, uh, go D we, go <laughs> yeah, no, like just stuff like that, right. Just, it was probably, and I, you know, I think this one has a special significance to me because this is the album that came out around the time that I started driving. So it was just <laughs> like, I always had something like this in the car, you know, or just, it was always on the air, the airwaves and just such a good like just a, such a good bunch of um concepts just in this album alone uh you know velvet rope like come on like that's rope burn bitch like it's just it's so good it's so good like as you know like ivy in 1997 was a huge fan of it ivy at almost 40 is still a huge fan of it especially got con
0: yeah isn't it great to have an album that like um it means one thing to you at, at one age and then at another age like it's themes like you're like, oh, shit, that was totally over my, uh that was totally over 17-year-old Ivy's head. And, like, 39 <laughs> like year Ivy, you're like, oh, this bitch is my sister, you know? Yeah, right? exactly. Because when she's talking about rope burn, I'm just like, do they mean, like, tug-of-war?
3: And then I lost my virginity, and I was like, oh, I get it. I understand this <laughs> concept better now.
1: I'm learning all kinds of stuff, Michael what? (laughs) Like me realizing that Mariah's dancing around semen, I'm like, "Ah, what? (laughs) (laughs) Learn all kinds of stuff. Yeah, yeah, this podcast is educational. Um, I think with, with Janet, you look, and I think not so much Whitney, but Janet, Mariah, for sure, were someone that were like coming up in the 80s, which was so much about just making them look like squares with frizzy hair. And especially when you realize, like, Janet's lineage and her family and her family's history and that her mother really tried to fight against her, you know, strong independence and really wanted her to kind of be like a chantreuse. And especially, like, I think in the late 90s, Janet really came in to be like, fuck these blazers. And she always has a weight problem, too. And so she was just like, I'm fucking hot now. Everyone look at how hot I
3: am. I think yeah, she I discovered her really hotness well, She yeah. definitely discovered her hotness I, I want to say with the Janet album because I think there was I think that was also around the time that there was that rumor that she had had ribs removed so that her six-pack would be more prominent which is, you know, in retrospect the dumbest shit I've ever heard but you know, I think that was when she came into her own. And one of the things I remember the most about Velvet Rope and, you know, I thought about it, especially since um, I so this year I've, I've celebrated 11 years in uh, therapy. And so thank you. Thank you. And when I looked at Janet's album again and I read the article about it in Wikipedia, it made so much more sense to me because uh, I think this was the first album that she did after. I think she experienced like an emotional breakdown, like long term depression. And this was actually a concept album and the title, like I think even it says it on Wikipedia, like the title is actually a metaphor for boundaries, which, um, you know, just as well as like, yeah. as well as alluding to somebody's need to feel special. And so all the tracks reflect that. Um, and also just the combination I think of social issues with um, sexual orientation and all that kind of stuff. I think it was because of this album. If I, if I recall correctly, I think it was this album that made um, and established her reputation as like a gay icon. And and then I think she got like the Glad Media Award for like outstanding, like an outstanding song or music or one of those two things. But this is probably like the most emotional album that she created, as opposed to like all the other ones that were, you know, mostly fun. And, you know, Rhythm Nation was like also socially conscious. But this one, I think, was more inwardly emotional in nature. So awesome. I
1: think it's a, a huge testament to Janet, too, that she is able to stand. Uh, we were talking about like Kelly Rowland, Beyonce, the shadow of Beyonce, but Yes, Janet was, really was was able to stand aside from her brother. You know, when you think of the Jacksons, the first two that you would maybe like Michael and Janet. You know, and so I think it's really a testament to her star power that she's able to stand alone from her brother, who's you know the king of pop. And yeah. Um, yeah, so she's definitely like an icon.
3: Can I admit something? Me and my cousin actually learned the choreography for the song "Scream." Oh
0: please. <laughs>
3: Please. Yeah. <laughs> I was
0: just about to Girl. segue into let's go ahead and talk about. They do Rhythm Nation.
1: Like, I love the thing where they like lift up their shirt. Yes. Yeah. Or if. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Shit like
3: that.
0: But I was uh-huh. just about to segue into like, let's just talk for a second, a minute or two, I don't care, about how, what it was like waiting for that scream video to come out and like. Um, I guess like Ivy and I might be the only ones to remember like it like debuting and like like I like I'm old enough to remember like I remember like reading the Rolling Stone article like there's going to be it was on Michael Jackson's greatest hits and there was going to be there's finally going to be a song with Michael and Janet together and then the video debuted and about a minute and a half into the video we finally get what we've been waiting for is Michael and Janet dancing side by side and it did not disappoint. It is so amazing. good. Yeah.
1: I remember watching the countdown to VH1. You know, they did the little documentary before they released the video. I remember watching that.
0: And, oh, you do? Oh, yeah. awesome. Yeah. Um, There's some good stuff. Um, Okay, where are we at? Are we, Rhoda, your number yes. one? Rhoda, Okay. number one?
1: I think it's no surprise that my number one is also Miseducation of Lauren Hill. This album was dropped on my 13th birthday, August 25th, 1998. So I was super enthused about it. Um, And just, I think the late 90s was very much a time of like me coming online as a person trying to figure out what I liked on my own and what I wanted to aspire to and to be. Um, But, you know, in the same way that I was talking about some of the albums on the list are very 90s, this one is classic. This came out in 1998, but I still see its lasting impact. And I think that it's, an, it's a, a number one album um, on two of our lists, maybe three, we shall see, um, that it's really kind of her only album that she releases by herself, but it is that huge and i if you really this the downside of it i would say the things that i don't like about it are the sketches you know and we had talked about a lot of sketches in the 90s i you know (laughs) there were a lot of them on crazy sexy cold too um but i think that when you really sit down and spend time with the album which i recommend listening to it you know just in its entirety and really paying attention is you see that she talks so much about like trying to break away from her own that she was leaving the Fujis, And you know, the history between her and Clef Jean and uh, the, the love and the loss and moving on and the way that fame is affecting her at this point in her life. And the way that um, what it takes to be a star transitioning um, into uh, the spotlight on your own, but also what it means to be like growing as a woman. You know what she talks about yeah. with Zion and her voice and she's so fucking gorgeous. Nicole was talking about the X Factor video, and it really is just Lauren Hill singing and she's so fucking beautiful and mesmerizing. Um, and and if we want to talk, and, you know, doo-wop is just like the banger forever. Everybody knows all the words to it. And if we're talking about lasting impact and the fact that it's a timeless album that we all know won a shit ton of Grammys, and I think the legend behind that that it kind of was in some ways her swan song because she became the myth like of a J.D. Salinger kind of character moving yeah. forward after that so it's you give us this one beautiful amazing gift and then we're always waiting for the next one and I'm pretty sure it's never going to come. Um, yeah. You like I really see the impact when I listen to Amy Winehouse's Back to Black. There is no way you cannot use that reference as an inspiration to that album. Um, Beyonce sang X Factor when I went to her on the run tour and was just <gasps> such a beautiful, amazing song. And I think that Lauren Hill herself is such an inspiration to so many iconic artists that we love today. Um, and so I, you know, I just think that um it's it's so hard to that that was just not a difficult number one for me at all.
0: Yeah, that was awesome. Uh, shout out Amy Winehouse, she's up there. Oh,
2: she hell yeah! Wow,
0: there she is. There she is. Shout out wow. Amy Winehouse. Um, did you write this shit out? <laughs> oh,
1: you know I love music. You know I, you I know. Know I'm crazy about it.
0: I know, I know. That's why I dig you so much, man. Um, real quick side note, I posted on Facebook and I asked it, were you team Monica or team Brandy? And uh, Dana Bryant came with, uh, I'm team both, where they dump that clear loser, go to brunch, and become BFFs. So,
1: just like, wow. Were they dump <laughs> Makai Pfeiffer?
0: <laughs> That's lovely. Um, well,
1: we should talk about, about 90s boyfriends sometime. <sighs>
0: i didn't have any um so
1: like
3: a like, like, like a fuckboy podcast mm-hmm. like a 90s fuck boy
0: podcast. i mean i'll moderate
3: it for it's you like guys like pfeiffer will be on there <laughs> you got
1: tyson beckford from the unbreak my heart video on the motorcycle oh, yeah. oh my god like, love right? would never do without you antonio sabato jr oh, love, 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 was that tyson on love or never do without you too or Oh,
3: that's a good question i'm gonna google yeah, it I right now so. i just remember antonio um who was the guy in that level do without you video
2: Let's
3: see. oh they only talk antonio about Salvador, oh Jr. That, that dude that was married to uh kimura lee for like a minute Oh,
1: um, oh, 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 thank
0: you thank you yeah. i was like i don't know how to
3: pronounce that name but yes oh he's beautiful good oh. lord what,
0: speaking of you not, you whatever happens. Whatever happened to L- Lorenz Tate. Remember he was just Oh my movie god. Movie. He yeah. was, was gonna, gonna be I saw with... him
1: on the Mindy project. He doesn't age. He's <laughs> on girls' trip. Was he? Yeah. He doesn't oh. age.
0: He looks good. Okay, all right. Yeah, he's still um, in the movie,
3: he's still in TV. <laughs> my, my, number uh,
0: my number one is also uh Lauren Hill's uh miseducation of Lauren Hill. Uh, because like, okay, okay, so like, we touched on it a little bit of like, uh, what if Aaliyah had gotten to release her third or a fourth album, you know? And when Lauryn Hill did The Miseducation, like she already had like Sister Act. She she had two Fuji albums under her belt. So like when yeah. she went into the studio to record The Miseducation of Lauryn Hill, like she's lived a lifetime in that 10 years, you know? And so like growing up, like, like from like a hip hop rap perspective, like what, like I was like, is it going to be a hip hop album? Is it going to be an R&B album? And when she like comes out just spitting and fire and like dissing Wy- uh, Wyclef where she says, everything you do has already been done. I know all your tricks from bricks to Kingston. I was like, shit, like, and then it's like, the album kind of like opens with that. And then just like, she's like, like, okay, now that I've aired my dirty laundry and put him out to dry, let me just fucking drop this fire r and album and just show like that I was the talent of the Fugees, right? Well, they were all talented, but she really was the star. Um, I like to brag about cool things that I've done, but I'm going to tell you guys one of the stupidest things I've ever done, okay? Sit down, <laughs> relax. Listen to this. We traded Lauren Hill tickets for Marilyn Manson tickets. and Are you? Hi! Left. Nicole's so disappointed she bounced.
3: Look what you did, Jeffy. <laughs> what the? F- <laughs> <laughs> she's so disappointed in you. She doesn't want to be here. What happened? Nicole- I don't know. <laughs> she's like goodbye. She's like you're fired. This is I'm negating this entire show right now.
0: Okay, wait. She's coming back. Wait, she's, she's going to give me a second chance. <laughs> um, oh my god, this thing. Nicole, <laughs> there she is. She's back. <laughs> Were you so upset you left? <laughs>
2: <laughs> I tried to do it as a joke but accidentally shut it all the way and I got locked out. But anyway, that was that was to show my very, very high level of disappointment right there.
1: <laughs> Jesse, if it makes you feel better, one of my biggest regrets was there was this San Francisco pizza uh pizza joint that used to be a nightclub called Pop scene on Thursdays. I don't know if it's still around anymore. I but I blew off my friends and flaked on Amy Winehouse.
3: Oh, what the!
1: And that fuck? would have been like real close to her. Damn. So you're not alone in stupid, stupid choices. <laughs>
0: um, I did, I did see the Fugees on the Smoking Grooves tour, and it was like Cypress Hill, Ziggy Marley, Damn, Fugees, Tribe Called Quest, <sighs> and I think Erica Badu. So Erica, like the '90s is real fuzzy. I know I saw Erica Badu, but I get confused if it was at a Lilith Festival or at that Smoking Groups tour. But mm. that, that show was amazing. Um, Nas came out and did "If I Ruled the World" with Lauren. Oh. And um, but I did get to see the Fuji's at Peak Fujidom. Um So and I, I really thought Lauren Hill was going to be around touring forever. I knew Marilyn Manson was like a ticking time bomb. And uh, it was, li- li- okay, I'm going to try to I can see it. how
1: you get to that conclusion, to be it, honest with you. It, it
0: was Marilyn Manson Hole, um, co-headlining tour. Uh-huh. Um, but Marilyn Manson, uh, fourth song of the set, falls off of a speaker and busts his ankle, does one more song and then leaves. And so uh, it was a bust. We didn't get to see Lauren Hill um haven't seen her ever since then um but yeah so my number one album is uh yeah lauren hill the miseducation of lauren hill um that uh that opening track is just like nothing open like nothing opens that that fire that that scathing um it's great on all levels and i i don't think i could really add anything more to it after all the great things that um uh, Nicole and, uh, and Rhoda have said about it. So, okay, guys, gals, um, now we're going to, uh, agree on what the top five are. And I'm just gonna like, let me, let me give me a second here to look at this list and take down some quick notes. I, where'd my pen go? Okay. So my pen is right here. Hold on one second. You can talk amongst yourselves if you'd like, but I think that, um, Okay, so crazy, sexy, cool got mentioned a couple of times. Yep. And of course, Lauren Hill got mentioned a couple of times. Uh, did anything else get mentioned a couple of times? Mariah.
1: Mariah got. Mariah got definitely on there, but she's. Different the album, album
2: is differing.
0: Maybe pop. So, so let's let's talk. We'll talk about that. And Janet got mentioned a couple of times. But it also was different albums. Yeah. And. Um, okay. So if we do this. Okay. So we have two for sure. Do we want to say. I, I'm going to say. Oh. What about the Waiting to Exhale soundtrack? Did that only get mentioned once? We did
1: not talk about it a lot though. We did. I would be fine with putting that on the
3: list. I think a lot of people in the uh, Facebook post also mentioned it. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. Uh, Ivy, how did it not end up on your list when you brought it up to begin with? Because somebody else, somebody else said it. I didn't. I didn't realize we
3: could. I didn't realize we could talk about multiple albums uh-huh. from different points of view. Like I was just like, okay, somebody mentioned it. I'm gonna write. I had. I had a bunch of backups. I guess I misunderstood too because I had a bunch of backups in case somebody mentioned the one that I was gonna talk about.
0: Okay. All right. But yeah, waiting to
3: exhale definitely
0: is one of them. So for okay. sure. All right. Okay. It's getting. It's getting not as hard. Um, I
1: think it covers a lot of the the ladies that we love from the '90s on it too.
0: It really does. Totally it does. Do we wanna okay? So we have if we go TLC Lauren Hill waiting to exhale, then it seems that we could slip in our favorite Mariah and our favorite Jackson, Janet Jackson. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. but then we're not gonna then not making the list would be groups like Brownstone, Escape, um, SWV, oh fuck, Tony Braxton. Um, Sade, Destiny's Child, Aaliyah. How do you guys feel about a top five list without Aaliyah or without, um, Tony Braxton? I mean, if I'm being honest, I feel
3: like I'd be okay with that. Okay. But I also have a hard time believing that it's possible. I also have a hard time believing it's possible to do a top five list and not include Escape.
0: Hmm. Or SWB, really. Like, it's hard. Do we want to put, okay, if we're going to, if we're putting Mariah in, do we want what, do we want to put Mariah's self-titled? Are we cool with that?
1: I think her, yeah, I think her debut album is good. Because it was just like, who's this person? Who's this voice? What the fuck?
0: It really was, right? (laughs) Especially when she hit that high note in Vision of Love. Mm -hmm yeah um, okay some day.
3: like just I, I feel like that screaming goat every time we all try to do it, and you know that we all do it in the car okay like anybody that says they don't try to hit Mariah's whistle register when they're singing by themselves in the car on the way back from the laundromat or what have you Just
0: <laughs> uh, I, I point to what I do like some like that goat
1: yeah
0: what oh Janet God. Jackson record do we want to represent Janet Jackson
1: i would vote for janet janet three janet
0: mm-hmm. oh yeah okay over velvet rope the uh, ivy ivy had to was seems really attached to velvet rope i love
3: velvet rope but i feel like i think i like velvet rope for like emotional reasons that spoke to me and my future love of uh, bdsm that i hadn't figured out when i was still in high school <laughs> okay. so but i feel like <laughs> mm. call me um yeah, i feel I like um I feel like the janet album is the one that embodies like the spirit of the 90s to me you okay. know, because, you know like, again it's like being with a girlfriends having a good time abandoning dudes in the desert like just fun stuff you know
1: that's the way love goes is also like a banger supreme mm-hmm. <laughs> like that song is so good
3: you have you ever heard that?
1: it covered by nsync
3: i was gonna bring that up that was such a sexy version <laughs> yeah
1: the video is sexy too for i mean for, they just emulated her video but she was yeah and
0: she's really pretty what if then we did uh, what if the what if the list went top number 5 Mariah Carey's self-titled number 4 Janet Jackson self-titled number 3 Waiting to Exhale number 2 TLC number 1 Lauren Hill
1: I will be fine yeah.
0: with that. You're fine with that? And we got some also runs um, like Escape. Uh, who else did you say? Oh, SWV are also runs. All right. That wasn't so bad. Uh, a lot of top five. <laughs> yeah. Mariah Carey's self-titled. Janet's self-titled. Waiting to Exhale. That's got really represents everybody that kind of got left off the list. Um, the TLC, Crazy, Sexy, Cool. And Lauryn Hill's uh, debut solo and man, that was some list. Thank you guys so much for uh, taking time on a Saturday morning uh, to record this. I had a lot of fun. How'd How'd you guys feel? This was amazing. I think it was a really, um, you know, it was a really,
3: one, it was informative, two, very nostalgic, and three, like, I'll be listening to this music all the way back to Hayward because I'm in Oakland right now. So thank you for having us on here and allowing us to talk about, you know, not only the the music that brought us back to like certain moments in our life, but also, you know, allowing us to each touch on the uh, emotional impacts that each of these albums made on our lives, like growing up and now
0: yeah yeah growing up is hard man and like we are blessed that there's some good music to uh, accompany us on that on that trip and then to look back and still accompany us especially like how you're mentioning ivy that like it meant one thing to you in junior high and it means another thing to you in as, as an adult okay. Okay. and um it's great it's great um thank you guys so much for uh coming out to uh, coming out you didn't go anywhere okay. <laughs> for uh, for joining me on zoom uh Rhoda, you're on the moving van show tonight? Yep, I'll
1: be on the moving van show this evening. Next week, I'll be at the Milk Bar. Nice. Come on down.
0: Yeah, Ivy, you got so much going on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just, um,
3: you know, if you guys aren't on my Instagram, please follow me on Instagram. I put all my dates there. Tonight's going to be one of those rare nights where I'm not doing a damn thing and it feels awesome. But, you know, I think the biggest thing I want to plug is that I am back at Cobb's on June 6th for uh, the Talking After Sets show. So yes. it's gonna be really fun. It's gonna be really, really fun. If you guys are in the Bay Area, please come
0: say hi. Talking after sets with Austin Carr. It is yeah, such yeah. a fun show, and it's kind of like this because, like, you do your set, and then you just have, like every like every comic just hangs out after their set. They just sit out, and uh, it's a lot of so fun. exciting. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Um, Nicole. We'll see you around. How's is the, how's the, uh, the Willie coming back? Willie, listen.
2: Yeah, we're uh, doing Willie Listen live again from STAB. I'm co-hosting that. I'm co-hosting Dr. Dunning and Mr. Kruger. We're looking for a, uh, a set time now. Um, that's about it for comedy, doing some other art and writing stuff. How about yeah. you, Jesse?
0: Um, I, um, I just got, uh, 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 I got a message yesterday from Brian Crawl, uh asking, him, asking us if Telenovela is ready to uh, jump back on stage. And we're super excited about that. Um, I finally uh, I, I, I started going to open mics again I, I thought I wanted to stop doing comedy but I was just really depressed um and, we all go through it yeah and uh, <laughs> I got back on stage the other night and it felt so fucking good I've done like I think I've done like five mics in the last five or six days and I, I can't wait like I was excited about going to Vince's like that's how like, <laughs> I was like, "Yay, Vince's!" and I, was, I, I, I like put my name last because I wanted to watch everybody and I just wanted to absorb it all. Um, I got I booked a show. Nothing's permanent yet, but I think I booked a show uh, for mid June and I got a show booked for July. So uh, hopefully there'll be some more. And of course, there's gonna be telenovela and the podcast. So um, I got plenty to keep me busy. Shut up! My I don't know. My watch was talking. <laughs> <laughs> All right you guys uh thanks so much and this was a lot of fun. Thank you for having yeah,
1: us. For having us. Yeah. Good to see you guys.